to a fabulous new Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a great event to share with you today, put it, being put on by a wonderful theater company that we love and adore. And joining us to speak to us about this, we have the producer from Ripple Effect Artists, Jessie Fahey. She's here to talk to us about their Valentine's Day Gala, which is happening Tuesday, February 13th at 6 p.m. at White Horse Tavern, which is at 25 Bridge Street. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting eventbrite.com or rippleeffectartists.com. This is a wonderful company to be supporting. We had the privilege of taking in their show, Gideon's Knot, a couple of years ago, and it was a brilliant piece. So we're so excited to be able to welcome back this company and to be able to support them and share this event with you. And the perfect person to give us more information about that, of course, is our guest. So let us welcome on Jesse Fahey. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you are here. It's so good to see you. And I'm so excited about this gala that you have coming up, this Valentine's Day gala, because this is a very special event, especially with what you are doing with it, what you're raising funds for. I am just over the moon about it. So why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. So Ripple Effect Artists has now been in existence since 2010. We've been a 501c3 since 2013. And in 2013, we started having an annual gala around Valentine's Day. And it was always this really fun way to bring our community together, actors we've worked with, people who see our shows, and then introducing the a new community to our company and introducing folks who might not have heard of us to what it is we do. So it's this, it was always this wonderful bringing together of people. We always used to call it the wine and chocolate gala because what could be more appropriate for Valentine's Day? And we would have music playing and then there was this thing called COVID-19 that happened. And so we adjusted to having this event look a different way for a few years. And now I'm so excited because for the first time in four years, we're having a fully in-person gala again, and we're having it at a different venue where we're upgrading. We've upgraded the fanciness level a little bit of this gala. So we now have unlimited wine and beer served. We're going to have luxury desserts served. We have phenomenal raffle prizes that are gonna be up for it. And every season, Ripple Effect Artists, we use our theatrical programs to raise awareness and to raise funds and to begin a dialogue around issues that matter to all of us. So this year we're taking on the issue of homelessness and our migrant crisis and our very much expanded, or I should say very much increased homeless population is something that I think is on the mind of many, if not all New Yorkers. And so our production in the summer is going to address that. We're actually putting on two productions in rep and we're going to be facilitating talkback conversations with the Bowery Mission and with Habitat for Humanity. So this gala goes in support of that. So it goes in support of the homeless population, but also theatrical artists who are using their art to be phenomenal storytellers and telling the story of those 
who are homeless. I'm very excited that we're going to be doing The Bench, written by Robert Galinsky, who is somebody who originated this one-man show around homelessness by actually interviewing homeless people. And then we're also going to be doing Radiant Vermin by Philip Ridley, which is a very dark and interesting comedy looking at the housing crisis. So that's a little bit about it. That is all so fascinating. Such a wonderful cause. It sounds yeah. like a phenomenal night. And that only leads into these two great productions of the summer. So this is incredible. I'm curious to know, how did you all come up with the idea for the gala initially? Yeah. And yeah. what was it that made you pick this particular issue yeah. this year? Yeah. What had us come up for the gala with the gala? I have a wonderful business partner who works as the development director with Ripple Effect Artists. Her name is Jessica Jennings. She is the daughter to James Jennings, who runs the American Theater of Actors. And I always joke that she's the longest relationship I've ever had because we've been together for 14 years <laughs> as partners. And so what when we were doing a lot of planning and looking at what we wanted the company to look like, she brought up, well, we need to, you know, we need to have an event every year. We need to have a gala. And I hesitate to admit this because now I love our gala. But at first when she said that, I said, well, events are so much work and are they actually going to be, you know, worthwhile as far as the work? And she said, well, it's about bringing the community together. We need to do at least one event. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And that's advice I have to anyone starting a company, find a partner and find a partner who you trust so you can bounce ideas off of and work together on because I'm certainly not right about everything. In fact, I'm not right about a lot of things. <laughs> I have a wonderful team around me. So then we started to brainstorm about times where we would, times of year where we would have a gala. We know that the holidays is just unworkable for most people. People have so many plans during the holidays and people leave and take vacation and there's just so much happening around Christmas time so we thought or around New Year's so we thought okay let's not have it be then and then we thought about the summer we said the summer's also the time that people leave so we thought what's the time that New Yorkers are usually stay in New York because we really want to facilitate New Yorkers and adhere to New Yorkers New Yorkers are a big part of our audience so what's a holiday or a time that New Yorkers usually stay in New York and they want to find an activity and they and they're not sure what the activity should be. I'm like, oh my God, it's Valentine's Day. Like that's, you know, that's what it really is. People know that it's coming. People don't really have very, you know, set in stone concrete plans. They're kind of malleable plans. And we thought, oh, we could make Valentine's Day fun, a fun sort of way to have like a pre-date night. So you can have your pre-date night starting at six o'clock. And then if you wanna do other things, all, or if you want to do something on the actual Valentine's Day, you can do that too, because our event is on the 13th. So typically we have our event around Valentine's Day, but not on the actual day. So that's how it all came to be. And then we started it with this small little chocolate gala, and then we expanded it from there to include wine and musicians. And then we expanded it to be even, even grander. And then we had to try to do a virtual one, which was a little tricky and and I'll, I think a lot of us don't miss virtual parties we're ready for actual parties again <laughs> and so now we're doing an actual party that is fantastic 
fantastic. I love how this all came together. So what has it been like developing this year's gala? You know, it, it's it's interesting. It took a completely different form than it did four years ago because we as a board, and I have a phenomenal board of directors, there's nine of us now, we took on what would it look like to actually upgrade what our gala looked like. Nothing wrong with our gala in the past, but what would it look like to actually be in a bar and restaurant venue and have it actually be for a, a somewhat of a different kind of ambiance and, and feel. So, you know, it's interesting. There's, there's more work on other ends and then not as much work in other ends. So we're not sourcing our food anymore and sourcing our wine anymore. The venue is doing that, which is really lovely. The venue has been wonderful to work with. Please go to the White Horse Tavern on Bridge Street. I love the one on Hudson Street too, but the one on Bridge Street, they're incredibly kind. They're wonderful to work with. It has a really interesting history, the building. So, so we're very grateful for that. And it's meant, you know, that we have had to be a little more shall we say aggressive or intense in our putting together of other items like our messaging our marketing and also our prizes so it just it shifts the energy a bit but i'm thrilled that we have it's almost february and we have we have a pretty solid attendance list so far and we are gonna have a phenomenal event we have great prizes and we have a really great ambiance. So it's been fun the way that it's supposed to be. Amazing. That's so wonderful to hear. I Thank am you. curious to know, we've kind of touched on this, but I want to dive even more into detail. So what can audiences expect from the evening this year on the 13th? Yeah. So on the Eventbrite site, we have a whole agenda. So it, kind of, it gives you like a layout, but and what you can expect is we're going to have some lovely music Valentine's themed in the back, in the background, there will be entertainment and we are going to have some really yummy chocolate bites and cupcakes, unlimited wine and beer. If you purchase one of those tickets, we have tickets that do not include that if you are a non-drinker. And we also will have some really fun raffle prizes available. One of them is a romantic walking tour. Another one is theater tickets. Another one is a really high end pair of reservations to one of the most romantic restaurants in New York. So there's a lot of really fun prizes and there'll be great ways to enter in as a raffle. Everyone who buys tickets gets five raffle tickets included. And we're gonna have some fun raffle drawings. And then we're going to have just some very quick, not long speeches, but some really quick announcements about the season. And we're just going to dance and have a good time. That is my kind of gala right now. <laughs> that is fabulous. Thank you. Is there a message or a thought that you hope attendees will take away from this? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. I think a few things. One I would like for them to take away who Ripple Effect is, what it is we stand for, what is possible when it comes to the arts and advocacy. I'm a firm believer that there's a responsibility artists have to partner with 
various advocacy missions in one way or another. It might not be the model that we use, but we have this incredible voice and it's a wonderful way to actually use that voice and use that talent. So, so an understanding of that, an understanding of our season and people who want to join in our community of being loyal followers. That's, those are big takeaways. I gave a TEDx talk last year in Raleigh, North Carolina about the whole concept of merging arts and advocacy together. And we didn't invent that as a concept. That's been done before. We invented a specific model, but we didn't invent it as a concept. But I urge all arts organizations out there to look at how they can make it as a somewhat of a conceptual framework for their for their programs. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> My final question for this first part is who do you hope have access to your Valentine's Day gala? So really we've made it accessible to any any realm of person in New York. So, you know, we have very, very inexpensive tickets for people who are non-drinkers. We have we have also high-end tickets for people who do want to drink all night. So it, it, it ranges. I really want people who are in the advocacy world, in the artist world, to know that they don't have to exclude themselves from galas. I think we hear the word gala and it's like, oh, rich people go to that. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's for everybody. And then for the for those who who are working in industries and arenas with other deep pockets, please know that I'm sure that there are tax deductible donations that were given to causes that matter to you this past year in 2023. And in 2024, I would encourage and challenge us to think about if a donation is made to an arts organization that causes conversation or causes a ripple effect or causes dialogue, what kind of difference could that make? interview i want to shift gears now and let our listeners get a chance to get to know you a little bit better and i want to start by asking a regular first question which is what or who inspires you oh my gosh playwrights <laughs> composers or shows have inspired you in the past maybe just some of your favorites oh so many well a big source of inspiration for Ripple Effect artists was uh, me seeing a show called The Normal Heart, which I'm sure many of us have seen on HBO. Was it Showtime? It was it was airing, but but for those of us who saw it on Broadway, and even anyone who's listening who saw it on Broadway the first time, I can't imagine what that was like. The most recent production that I saw, which I believe is now over 10 years old on Broadway, in between every scene that addresses the very heartbreaking outbreak of, of the AIDS epidemic in New York in the 80s. There's a whole team of people who are working on it, homosexual men who are working on the cause, who really want to ensure that their community is protected. 
And in between every scene, the wall was covered with names. It was done with a projector and you saw just the exponential growth of deaths that were occurring and what seemed like an administration that was doing nothing about it other than placing blame. And so that was one of many productions that I left just completely moved, heartbroken, but heartbroken in all the right ways and sobbing, but sobbing for all the right reasons. And then thinking like, what? Not to knock the production, and this is where I have to be very careful, but is there possibly a missed opportunity here? Wouldn't there have been a perfect opportunity to have a talk back conversation after this show? And that's what my TEDx talk goes into is that there are these brilliant pieces of art. And what about a follow-up conversation? What about the conversation with the audience? Because you got them right there. You got them moved. You got them heartbroken. You got them thinking. So what about conversation about that? And there are you know, so many announcements about Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, uh, about after all of our major Broadway shows during that particular season, I wonder what it would look like to actually facilitate a conversation with them about, especially after that show, after that show that is so pulls on the heartstrings of that issue. And so that was what really got me very inspired to start to look at producing theater and creating theater in that particular way. That's one example, but there's so, I mean, there's so many favorite playwright, Edward Albee, uh, Tracy Letts is another one, but for completely different reasons. I saw his play The Minutes last year on Broadway and I thought, this needs a talk back too. Let's talk about, you know, my gosh, all of the various ways in which we have statues or don't have statues and Carolina change addresses that too. And so, yeah, so those are, those are a few. Wonderful list there. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Thank you. <laughs> well, kind of building on that, have you had the chance to see any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Oh boy. What did I see recently? I saw Pearly Victorious phenomenal. And I thought, you know, I mean, I appreciated speaking of play versus musical. I took my aunt to see it and she was expecting to see the musical because there was a musical version. And I was like, no, no, this is the play. And I'm a huge fan of seeing plays. They don't get their, they don't get really seen very often by tourists unless tourists are people who are avid theater goers like we are. So unfortunately, they the, the longest running play on Broadway is only a little over a year. And if you think about musicals, it's like 15, 20 years of runtime. So they don't get to have that sort of mass look or mass exposure in a way. But I'm, I've seen some brilliant work on plays. It's just that, you know, the work goes elsewhere. It's not the singing and dancing, but it might be physical comedy, like in the play that goes wrong, or it might be you know, it might, it's just that the energy is focused elsewhere other than singing and dancing. And I love singing and dancing too, of all of it. So yeah, I would say that's the last one that has really, that that really was impactful. Oh, and I finally saw Sweeney Todd also, which I went to college with Annalie Ashford. She probably won't remember me. In fact, I think I had like one conversation with her while we were in school. So, uh, but she's just outstanding. And so, yeah, so those are, those are the big ones. The weird, ironic thing about running a theater company is that you don't have a whole lot of time to see theater <laughs> as much as you would like to. I mean, I, I, 
I try for one or two a week and that can be a stretch. So, but I'm, and I'm also very excited for what's coming this season. I'm thrilled for the Wiz. I'm thrilled to see a lot. I love those suggestions and I am right there with you. The stuff that's coming both on and off Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely exciting. The spring and summer is going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. great. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Oof. When it's when it's done. <laughs> when the play is done and everybody's, you know, happy with the work that they did and uh there's a great there's a good audience and we've gotten our job done and I sit up it, it's it's interesting I entered this whole industry as an actor like so many do and then studied playwriting and became a producer over 10 years ago I I I still I still will and do perform and I work with an agency but with my focus being on producing Interestingly, my favorite part is the talkback conversations because for the most part, I, I host them so or I facilitate them. But I hire the director, I hire our production staff, and then I watch and support where needed as far as what they need in putting the show together. But once the show is put together and they're all happy and we've done everything we need to do as far as admin, marketing, payroll, playbill like all the stuff is like done and we can enjoy and I can just sit and enjoy the show and then facilitate the talk back that's my that's my favorite part and then also seeing seeing a uh, full reservation lists come through my email that that's my favorite part <laughs> I love that answer <laughs> wonderful just, well I want to snowball on that and I want to ask you my favorite question to ask guests which is what is your favorite theater memory? Probably after we did She Has a Name, which was a show that addressed human trafficking. Watching that all come together, we started that show with projections. So as people were going into the house, they were seeing statistics about the issue. And then we put on the show. And then we had talkback guests every single production, like every single night. And that was, yeah, that was pretty extraordinary. So I, I think having, we had one guest who was a survivor and that really turned the tables as far as what we provide as a company to have her speak. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, I'm curious again to know if there's any other projects or productions that you or Ripple Effect artists have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug. Sure. So I'll just talk about the spring and the summer again, and then, you know, we're in the midst of planning for next year. So again, we're going to have two plays in rep beginning the second week of June. And I know June seems like forever away, but It'll be here soon. And I know we all can't wait for June at this point of the year, right? And so, so one is called Radiant Vermin by Philip Ridley. He's a British author, playwright. We've had the rights since the fall. It's a play that is a very, very dark, twisted, satirical look on the housing crisis. And then we're pairing it with uh, The Bench, written by Robert Galinsky. It's performed by him. 
and it is him playing nine different roles and it's nine different people who are all homeless and they're and seeing their stories and you know our intention not just with these plays and with the talkbacks homelessness is something that affects every new yorker every single day even if you just stay in your apartment you'll hear somebody or see somebody probably outside at some point in the day and then if you're commuting obviously we're going to be we're going to be in contact with it i've been a new yorker now for 20 years this is an issue that's near and dear to my heart because i don't i don't want our reaction like the common everyday new yorker reaction to just be to ignore anymore but that's all i've been taught to do and i think there's other ways to react so and there's also being educated about the organizations that are out there that are doing work and how to point people to those resources. Seeing with this influx of migrant people coming in, I'm seeing a lot of families now on subway platforms. I'm seeing babies. Not that that's worse necessarily. It's just reached a level that I never imagined would happen. And so I'm somebody who looks around my city and thinks that shouldn't be this way. So that's, those are the kinds of conversations we're going to have. One more thing. Sorry. <laughs> After being here for 20 years, I will, I will never leave New York, e even in the winter, although it gets a little tricky, but I'll never leave because what I've learned about New Yorkers is that for the most part, huge majority of New Yorkers are people who care deeply about their city and care deeply about the people in their city. And I've watched New York go through 9-11, the crash, the recession, and then Hurricane Sandy, and then COVID. And in every one of those events, New Yorkers came together quickly, efficiently in their New York way to ensure that they could provide whatever they could provide. This is a uh, city of people who care deeply about their community and they care very deeply about being educated so it's been wonderful to lead a nonprofit off-broadway theater company because a huge majority of our audiences are new yorkers new yorkers really support local they support off the beaten path things they support off the beaten path restaurants that's what new yorkers are so great for so this is just my little bit of love to New York because today, actually today marks my 20th anniversary in New York. So I just want to give, and I haven't left. So here's some New York love to everybody. And then if you're not from New York, please come to the show too. <laughs> it's a great city. It doesn't exist anywhere to else too. So yep. with all of this wonderful stuff that you're doing, it all kicks off with this Valentine's Day Gala. And that's a wonderful lead into my final question, which is if our listeners want more information about the gala or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? Yeah, best way to do that is rippleeffectartistsplural.com. So it's R-I-P-P-L-E-E-F-F-E-C-T-A-R-T-I-S-T-S.com. On the homepage is information about the gala. So you can just click on the ticket link there and it'll give you the description and everything about it. If you want to contact me, you can use the contact form in the website and that will go directly to me. Wonderful. Well, thank, Jesse, you. thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. 
and sharing the amazing work that Ripple Effect artists are doing, that you're doing, and this amazing Valentine's Gala that sounds so good, it has to be fat-free. <laughs> calories, don't, calories don't count on Valentine's Day. That's, That's the other right. thing. They all don't, nope, doesn't count. On holidays, uh, they all take a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. And I so appreciate you having this, this great conversation with me and with your listeners. Thank you. My guest today has been the producer at Ripple Effect Artist, Jesse Fahey, who spoke to us today about their upcoming Valentine's Day Gala, which is happening Tuesday, February 13th at 6 p.m. It's happening at White Horse Tavern, which is at 25 Bridge Street. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting eventbrite.com or even better at rippleeffectartist.com. That's also a great place to check out all the information about their upcoming productions and to reach out to our guests. We'll have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you get your tickets now. Support the wonderful causes that Ripple Effect artists are working to support as well as support this wonderful theater company. You can do that by attending their Valentine's Day Gala Tuesday, February 13th at 6 p.m. at White Horse Tavern. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.